You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Stand your feet this morning for just a moment. Hallelujah. As we get ready to read the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I get a chance to be able to speak this morning about one of my favorite, favorite passages of Scripture and topics. And I want to be able to take this one verse or two verses and kind of bounce in, springboard in to our discussion this morning. And the word of God says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. Come on, pose one quick time. Pop that bicep one good time and look at your neighbor and say, come on, look at that. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to believe today that, that this service, this, this message is going to be spiritual PED, a, peer, a spiritual steroid for your walk with the Lord. Hallelujah this morning. Be strong in what? Not be strong in your smell. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God that's the reason why the Lord brought forth soap and water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, and then somebody even brought deodorant. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Shampoo and hallelujah. And, and toothpaste. Hallelujah. He says, be strong. Not just in your ability to be able to do things. Not just in your knowledge of things. Be strong. Brother and sister, you can't come to a place that you are, that the Lord is concerned about how many degrees that you have or just what you know or just what you can be able to call to remembrance. Brother and sister, he states this. Be strong, what? In the grace that is in what? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Brother and sister, there's a strength that is found in the grace of God. There's a power that is found in the grace of God. There is hope that is found in the grace of God. There, Oh Lord, there is joy that is found in the grace of God. So this morning, be encouraged. There's strength in the grace of God. So Father, in the name of Jesus... Dear God, we just pray, Lord, that you will move in this house. We've already felt your presence. Dear God, Lord, this service has already been orchestrated, bringing us to this point, to this place in time where we can be encouraged and strengthened at the point of our need. So come, Lord Jesus, feel this place. Touch every heart. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, and speak to us in the midst of where we live. We thank you for it and we praise you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray it, declare it, and believe it. 
and we'll give you praise for it. Right now, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. Come on and turn around and tell somebody and say, glory to God, they're straight. Hallelujah, God is good, amen. Ooh, Lord, you can be seated, praise God. This morning, for the next few moments, I want to preach on this topic. And that is this. Be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be strong in the grace. I love this passage of scripture. I love it and I preach off of this in different times and different places and completely different messages. Why? Because there's something powerful about the grace of God. See, the, Paul, the Apostle Paul instructs Timothy to be strong. Strong is defined as to be firm, to be durable, to be forceful, to be vigorous. He tells them, Timothy, you need to be strong. The Greek translation of this word strong implies an act of increasing in strength. It's not just you being, but it's the act of increasing. Okay? Mm, hallelujah. Let's just understand this morning. God, the Lord Jesus, wants us to not only stand the test of time and the test of hardship, and the test of situation and circumstances that we live through. But he also wants us to grow into the stronger and strongest version that we can be in the kingdom of God. So understand them, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't come to the place where you become discouraged when you look at where you are. Okay, don't be discouraged when you look in the mirror and you look at yourself honestly. Let me just share something with you. If you are not honest with yourself, you will break yourself. Okay. If you are not honest with yourself, you will break yourself. And it's healthy to be honest with yourself. Why? Because when you become honest with yourself, it allows you to be able to deal with things before they become a problem. It allows you to be able to strengthen yourself with people around you or whatever that it may be. It's healthy to be honest with yourself. But understand this, sometimes a good dose of honesty can also be very humbling and very, very tragic sometimes. Because when you look at yourself sometimes and where you're at, you'll then look at the Word of God and you'll go, you want me to be what? And you look at the mirror and you're going, the mirror is telling me I'm this. And the Word of God says I need to be this. How can I be able to equate the two? From the Word of God and from where the mirror that's staring there looking at me. How can I be able to be the two? How can I be able? Understand, brother and sister, that the Lord Jesus Christ does not expect you to have every answer immediately. He doesn't expect you to be a perfected work to begin with. 
understand something, brother and sister, that the moment that you come to the altar and you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, yes, you are forgiven, but you are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There comes a time and there come seasons where you have to grow. That's the reason why we talk about being newborn in Christ. Babes in Christ. Why? It allows us to be able to know that the moment that we get saved, it is not the end of the road, but it is just we began a brand new life, a brand new walk. And we begin as babes of Christ, but just as we do not have babes that stay perpetual babies, I look at my daughter all the time now, like, oh my God, where'd time go? It's just nuts to me. She should not be that old. She should not be getting ready to go into college. Bless God, she should not be dating, even in my mind, even. Why? Why? Because I still see her from time. I know I could shout right there at that. But, but why? Because there's times that I look at her and I'm like going. She could not be this old. Because there's moments I still look at her as my eight-year-old, my nine-year-old. I still look at her. And so there are moments and there are times that I have to look and go. It's amazing to me. And there are moments when we have to look at ourselves and say, bless God, whether I like it or not, she's that old. Whether I like it or not. This is where she's at. Whether I like it or not. And there are times that we can be able to understand. We may think that, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm a newborn babe. But brother and sister, understand something. The Lord does not want you to stay in that perpetual babe in Christ. He wants you to grow and to begin to develop and to begin to become stronger and to a point where you can be able to survive on your own. We have mentors that pour into people. Just like nursemaids. Just like moms that help little babies out. That people that pour in and they become your spiritual surrogate. Your spiritual father. Your spiritual mother. And they help you and they develop you. But there comes a time whenever just as a child develops to a point that they don't need their mom and dad feeding them. They don't need their mom and dad dressing them. Brother and sister, there comes a time in your life when you have to grow to a point that you don't have to have other people tell you how to act, how to do your devotional time. You just know how to do it and you do it in Jesus' name. You've got to come a point in every life that you grow and develop. But understand something. Realize this, that you don't have to have it all together now because even as Paul was talking to Timothy, that we can be strong in the grace of God. That it's not a strength that He drops on us all at once, but it is a development and it is an increasing strength. It's an increasing durability. It's an increasing firmness. It's an increasing um, uh, a place of powerfulness. It's a place of growing strength. Why? Because, brother and sister, we are constantly moving forward where God wants us to be. So, brother and sister, understand something. He wants you to not just start your walk with God, but He wants you to finish your walk with God. 
My Lord, have mercy. He doesn't want you just to be able to start it. He wants you to be able to finish it. He wants you to walk from point A to point B. He wants you to start at the starting line. And He wants you to walk and make it through your course. To finish your fight. To run your race. So that you can make it to the finish line. And be able to claim the reward and the prize. That you have received and you won by your race. Oh Lord. Understand brother and sister. The Lord's desire is for you to be established and for you to become a force for the kingdom of God. And we do this, brother and sister, through the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, what is grace? Grace, the easiest way to be able to explain it is just this, G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay? God's riches at Christ's expense. What is Christ's expense? Does anybody know? The cross of Jesus Christ. Where he died for you. So realize this. The grace of the Lord, God's riches, is available for us because of the price that he paid on Calvary. His dying on a cross and shedding blood allow me now to have access to the very riches of God. I like to think of this, that grace is a general overlapping kind of term for the resources of heaven. Grace is not just mercy. Grace is also strength. Grace is not just strength, but grace is also help. Grace is also... I tell you, I thank God for the grace of the Lord that allowed me to meet my wife. Why? I, I look at the grace of the Lord. I look at my wife and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord was gracious to me. The grace of the Lord is an overlapping kind of term that recognizes and, and, and deals with the resources of heaven. I like to call it kind of like, well, like Walmart. Grace is kind of like Walmart. You walk into Walmart and there's a whole lot of stuff. Of whatever you might need, you could probably find it in one of them giant Walmarts. The difference is this, when you go to Walmart and you pick up what you need and you bring back, there's got to be somebody that pays for it. And usually that's you. Brother and sister, the awesome thing about grace is Whatever your need is, the riches of heaven is there. And the only thing that we have to be able to do is go into the very grace of the Lord and learn how to draw from it. And then whenever the payment comes, somebody walks in and says, excuse me, he does not have to pay. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has already paid for it. The problem is this. We have too many people that have come to a position where they have access to stuff they don't even know about, and therefore they live under the very standard that the Lord wants you to have. And then you get all mad whenever somebody says, "Well, you, uh, why do you say to someone, I, can't, I, I don't have to live this way? How do you know? You've never been here before. You've never lived in my life before. Let you know that you are spiritually immature. 
Now understand something. Immature is not a bad word if that's where you're at in your walk with the Lord. I am spiritually immature whenever it comes to, to, to somebody like my mom. All right? Why? You've been doing it a lot longer than I have. Hallelujah. Each and every single one of us understand we may be more mature than others, but yet we are maybe immature compared to other people at different places. And we need to be able to understand it is okay if we come to a place that we say this, okay, I don't understand this, I didn't grasp this, and I am living in a place of spiritual immaturity because I didn't grasp this. But blessed be the name of the Lord this morning, let me share this with you and allow you to grow into what God wants you to be. That you do not have to live under the standard of righteousness that God has placed in your life. That standard of, of, of what He wants in your life. The standard of blessing. The standard of living a life of a, making a difference. A standard of living in a place that people look at you and say, that is a man of God. That is a woman of God. There is a standard that you can live by. But understand, brother and sister, it is found when we learn to access the grace of God in our lives. And accessing the grace of God in our life comes from relationship with Him. Listen to this. Understand this. Look at Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Therefore, being justified by faith. What is he talking about? He's talking about, I have faith in the Lord, the sacrifice that He made on the cross of Calvary, and I apply it to my life. Okay? So that's what happens at salvation. At salvation, we come to an altar and we are sorry for our sins. And we come there and we say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And wash me in the blood. What we're saying is this. Lord, I cannot be able to cover my sin and my guilt. But you have already made a way. So Lord Jesus, take your blood, the price of my salvation... And apply it to my life. And in that moment, I become justified by the faith that I laid on the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about salvation. Therefore, through salvation, okay, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So he's talking about now we have a relationship with Him. There's no longer hostility between me and God because whenever there's sin in your life, I know people don't like talking about this, but when there is sin in your life, there can be no relationship with the Lord. You're kidding yourself when you say that. Okay? Whenever there is sin in your life, right? You know, I love her. I love him. So why can't we? we you know what we're, let me tell you something. Sin is sin. And whenever you live below that standard of what, there's consequences to that. There's consequences to it. In every area of our life, there's consequences. And we cannot, and one of the consequences is this. When there is willful sin in our life, there comes in hostility between us and the kingdom of God and the plan of God in our life. Okay? But what's wrong with me just doing, oh yeah. Huh? 
Why? Because you're living in direct rebellion from the law of God. And rebellion, he says, uh -uh, rebellion, there will be no flesh that will glory in my presence. What is rebellion? Rebellion is you standing up and says, I know better than what you know. That is you rising up to say, I'm better than what God's direction is. That's rebellion. Oh, my God, I didn't mean to get into that. But let me just, let me just say that. Not a lot of people talk about that too much. And they wonder, Brother Tim, why am I not going? Why is, why, is so, why is the church being turned? So many people are turned away from just coming to church. And they'll say, hypocrisy. And many people will say, yeah, 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 yeah. They'll play it off. But let me just share something. It's this attitude that damns people to hell because we come to a place that they will not listen to you anymore or listen to me or anybody else. Why? Because you are living in direct opposition and hostility to the standard that the Lord has given you. And there's no longer peace with God. And you say that there is. But people look and see and they know that there's not. They say, if that's God and that's the church, I ain't going to have nothing to do with it. Oh, I know I'm preaching and I know people are pulling their toes all the way up underneath the altar and underneath the pew this morning. But I'm going to step on them in Jesus' name. Because we're going to understand something. You may say, Pastor Tim, but you know what? That's, that's a difficult standard. Yes, it is. Let me just share this with you. Yes, it is. You realize under the law, the Lord governed and, and looked at people's actions. Under the New Testament, under grace, the Lord says it's not about your actions alone. It's what's going on up here as well. Oh, come on, somebody. So, you, oh, Jesus, my God in heaven. I, I'm about to preach. Y'all ain't going to like this. But the word of God, he says, if you covet even another man's wife, you are mm, Jesus. You are. You've committed the sin of adultery already. You realize something, brother and sister. So how is this standard achievable? Brother and sister, it is achievable. Look at verse 2. Through whom? Who is the whom we're talking about? Through Jesus Christ. Through that price that he paid for our salvation. He says this. We have access by faith into what? This grace where which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Oh, Jesus, let me just share this with you, brother and sister. There's hope in the glory of God. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope for you to live a different way. There's hope for you to enjoy the blessing of the Lord. There's hope for you to be able to be the best that you can be. Why, brother and sister, it's not found in how I can be able to do it, but it's found as I anchor myself in my relationship with the Lord and learn to draw on the grace of God. Says, can I just share this with you though? You come in a position where God says this, I want to be able to have something, a relationship with you that brings you to a place where you have never been before. And sometimes we look at that standard and we say, how can we do it? But the grace of the Lord says this, I want to grow in you. And I want to produce in you. 
And I want to increase strength in you. So that you may not be there now, but you are going to be there now. And you are going to increase in your durability. You may fall now. You may fail now. But there's going to come a time that you're not going to fall for that. Why? Because I'm learning to walk in the grace of the Lord. So brother and sister, understand this. Every child of God has access to strength, to blessings of heaven due to their entrance into the kingdom of God through salvation. Brother and sister, I can not only be changed by the power of God, but I can stay changed. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the problem, no matter what's going on, no matter the hardship, no matter what is happening, I can be able to begin to meet that standard in my life because of the grace of God that works in me. Oh, Jesus. Now listen to this, listen to this. And I want to read these next few verses and I want to just share this with you. Because there is, God gives strength to stand. He gives strength for us to attain this, this, this standard in our lives. So we can do what? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Look at this. I'm going to go through three things very, very quickly. First thing is this. We begin to propagate the gospel. We begin to live the gospel. We begin to come to a place that we are constantly and totally just completely just bringing the gospel brand new. We are propagating the gospel. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul declares that we have a divine purpose. Okay? That purpose is not just to go to church and be blessed ourselves, but to take this gospel to our very sphere of influence and begin to impart to them... What we have received from the Lord. I realize something, brother and sister. Understand something. And this all comes back to this standard. Well, brother Tim, you know, I, I'm not a Bible scholar. Brother Tim, you know, I don't know the word God very well. I just, you know, I just, I'm just, I just don't know. I just, I can't quote the entirety of the book of John. And I don't have all this alphabet suit behind my name that says I got an MD, a PhD, bachelor's of theology and all this other stuff. I don't have all that. So I don't really think that I'm qualified to be able to tell somebody about the Lord. Whenever we begin to grow in the grace of God and we begin to come to a place, you will begin to realize that your lifestyle alone begins to begin to Amen. begins to propagate the gospel. Begins to share the gospel. Your lifestyle alone begins to share the gospel. Your lifestyle begins to point. You know, the, the Bible talks about that. Understand something. There are a ton of people. There are less and less people that read the Bible every single year. There are less and less people that are exposed to the written word of God every single year. But guess what? That means that we have a greater 
opportunity to be able to be the actual Word of God on display for them in the way that we live. How do we do that? We do that through the grace of the Lord. As we begin to live in such a way that it begins to propagate the gospel outside of us just by the way that we live, just by the way that we talk to Brother Tim, but I don't know how to be able to lead somebody. Well, Brother said, let me just share this with you. If you can be able to learn the words to the new Beyonce song or the uh, Keith Urban song or anything else, surely you can be able to be able to memorize the Romans road and be able to share somebody how to be able to get saved according to the word of God. You can be able to do that. Let me share some with you, brother and sister. More and more as we continue down this post-Christian age, more and less and less people are going to begin to come to church. Okay? So that means this. You are going to have the responsibility as the flock to produce more sheep. Why? Because you are out there with them. And the whole thing of, hey, I want you to come and see our pastor. I want you to come and talk to our pastor becomes less and less and less of a point that it becomes something that happens. Why? Because they have all these predetermined ideas. So brother and sister, understand this. Whenever we begin to understand this, how can we be able to rise to a point that we can see people's lives change? It's through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we begin to live in Him and as we begin to be able to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and begin to grow in our lifestyle, our lifestyle will be the very gospel portrayed out and they will ask questions. So we got to grow. We have to grow. Brother and sister, listen to what the Word of God says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Let me quickly share this with you. Jesus came and spoke to the twelve disciples, to the disciples saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make what? Disciples. Make disciples of all nations. Understand, he didn't say make them converted. Go get them saved. Go, read, go do a sinner's prayer. He said, disciple them. If you are not discipling, if you do not have one person in your life that you are discipling actively, and brother and sister, we are not fulfilling our part in the purpose of the Lord. We need to be disciplers. But Tim, how in the world can we be able to do that? I'm going to tell you something. Discipling is all about you living the life that saw them attracted to you and you continue living the life in front of them and just checking on them and talking to them and encouraging them. You're doing the same thing. The only thing you're doing is saying, Hey, you want to walk with me? That's the only thing you're doing. That's the only difference. You're discipling. You don't have to break out your books and sit down there and say, okay, today's lesson one on discipling. Student, pay attention. No, it's me doing life and bringing people along with me that I begin to share with. 
That's discipling. Brother Tim, how in the world do we do that? Brother and sister, once again, it's by the grace of the Lord that allows me not only to reach the standard of it, but to stay at a position where people look at my life and say there's something awesome about that guy. Listen to this thing. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Listen to what the Word of God says. Even therefore, you therefore must endure what? Hardship. Oh gosh, is a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know what you talked about, man, making a difference in people? You talk about growing in the Lord and allowing the grace of God to allow me to live and to follow after the Lord and grow stronger in the Lord and begin to walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We can shout about that. It got quieter when we start talking about discipling people. And now it's going to be crickets probably by the time we get to this point. But the grace of God allows us to be able to, even in hard times, be able to endure hardship. Understand this, brother and sister, the Lord, that serving the Lord does not exclude you from problems. As a child of God, you will go through hard times just like anybody else. The only difference is this. In the times where those hard times are testing you, you will have help. And that help will make you better and not bitter. Come on, somebody. Whenever you go through hard times, realize this. You have help. And through help, you will become better. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 7. We're going to go through verse 10. And least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I be exalted above measure. What in the world? You mean the... Paul had to go through problems? Yes. He went through a lot of problems. He was beaten. He was... He was, he was chained up he was jailed he was shipwrecked he was even stoned he was killed a couple times every time the lord raised resurrect him craziness brought him back a couple times brought him back to life understand something brother and sister in all of this in all of this understand what he is saying that not only did he have to go through hard times but there were times that the Lord would send things just to be able to cement relationship with him. And to cement him. Can I just be able to share this with you? Just because you're going through a tough time does not mean that it is there to be able to destroy you. Why? Because you can become better. You can be able to take every tough situation and be able to use it as a stepping stone. Well, you know, the family, they're coming against me. They just don't like this. And man, they're making it difficult for me to serve the Lord. They're saying, I don't need to. They're saying that you're Pentecostal now. And that church believes in speaking in other tongues. And that's all that. You don't need to do that. That's just of the devil. It's not right. It's just wrong. It's just don't need to do that. I'm uncomfortable in that, all that stuff. But brother and sister, in the middle of all that, you can be able to use it as a stepping stone. Why? Because the Lord wants me here, but yet I'm scared. 
I'm stuck in a place. But as I begin to draw and begin, I can use every tough time to allow me to take another step higher into what God wants me to be. I can become better even whenever my tough situations try to make me bitter. You know, so the problem is many of you, when you hit a tough time, immediately instead of saying, bless God, I ain't turning back, I'm going to walk through this thing. We'll immediately go, ah. We'll drop into the fetal position and that's where we'll stay with our thumbs and our mouth. But realize this, brother and sister, the Lord wants you to become better. He wants you to accelerate in your walk with the Lord. He wants you to grow in your walk with the Lord. He wants you to increase in stature in your walk in the Lord. And so in difficult times, I can rise above them. And I can be what God wants me to be. And I can be able to assail every problem. I can climb over every situation. I can be what God wants me to be. Why? Because look at what he says in verse 9. And the Lord said to me, My grace. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in what? Weakness. Understand something. You can be weak where you're at. Understand something, brother and sister. Understand. If you are weak, that's okay. Let me share something with you. I remember there was a time. Do I have time for story time with Pastor Tim for just a second? Can I, can I share a story time? I was. I had gone on a health kick in Bible college. What on a health kick? You'd find me at the gym. I was playing ball. I was playing intramural ball. I'd go down and play with these six foot nine titans down there at Southwest Missouri State, watching them dunk all over me. But yet, I like, don't matter. I just man, I was playing ball. The time I started working out, I never forget. I went in and I was. That time, I think I was lifted. I, I guess it was about two forty, whatever it was, like that. And I was popping up. And whenever I was coming, I was like going, yeah. There's this guy's name was Steve Ipolo. He paid his way to Bible college playing professional rugby. This man was built out of granite. They almost, it come to a place that they had it almost banned him from any kind of intramural activity because he was too, he didn't realize how powerful he was. He was playing intramural volleyball and he's breaking people's noses. He's playing volleyball. He's breaking people's hands. Uh, why? Because let's go boom. He could jump. I just jump up the nets like right here, and he's like going ha 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 boom. He's just killing people. And and so people got to a point that you know they would come up and they'd play against him, and they, instead of trying to block him, they'd just go go right ahead. Just go. <laughs> he didn't know how to play basketball, but one of the guys told him says it's okay, okay. You don't have to worry about dribbling. You see that ball? When somebody shoots it, go after it and get the ball. And people go flying. 
like, okay, we don't mean throwing elbows. We don't mean, yeah. But when you get him off that, off the field, he was just so kind and so tender. But he was a massive man. He comes walking, and I'm sitting over there, and I'm like going, raise up. And I hear behind me, and he goes, he goes, Rosie. I'm like, yeah. Says from the island of Tonga, I called him Tonga. He says, are you done with this? And I said, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to take a minute for just a second. I'll use it again. He goes, okay, I just need to warm up. And he grabbed that. And as he's talking to his girlfriend, he's going, really? And he's talking without even breaking a sweat. And I looked at that and I said, I'm done. Let's go play basketball. I was like, I'm done with that. I'm not going back in there anymore. Why? Because I realized something. That joker was massive. He was huge. But guess what? At that moment, I felt as weak as weak could be. But you know the reason why that he was so much stronger? It's because he had been working at it for a long time. Let me share something. Weakness is usually because we come to a place that we look at ourselves and then we evaluate ourselves according to what somebody else is able to do. Can I share this with you? Weakness is not defined by just exactly whether somebody else can do what we cannot do. Weakness is defined, and that is this. If you cannot be able to say, guess what, Lord, I will trust you enough to just be able to walk through this and to just take a step by faith in the middle of my circumstance, in the middle of my situation, to be able to come out of my bitterness, to come into my betterness in the name of the Lord. Because where I was weak, the Lord is going to make me strong by the grace of the Lord. So no matter where I'm at right now, guess what, brother and sister? You can be in a situation where the grace of God can elevate you if you will just apply it. Mother and sister, this morning, I want you to understand something. And we can be able to propagate the gospel. We can be able to even come to a place that we endure hard times. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 4 through 6, as I finish today, states this. We can even compete. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics. He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Realize here he uses a soldier. He uses an athlete. And he uses a farmer to be able to to explain this very simple truth. If you want to grow, and if you want to be what God wants you to be, then you cannot be able to do it watching. You got to be involved. You got to be involved. You got to grow in your relationship with the Lord. You've got to have a relationship with the Lord before you grow in it. If you want to run the race, well, you can be able to run it, but you first got to enter it. 
You want to fight in the, in the war, then you still got to enlist. You can't be able to do any type of competing until you get in the game. I can sit. You know, see, Brother Brother says there is a huge difference than me watching somebody play basketball than me playing basketball. Huge difference. I can watch you all day long and not have to worry about sweating. I have to worry about running. Why? Because I'm not involved. But whenever you get involved, that's whenever you can begin to learn the grace of the Lord. But Tim, how do I learn the grace of the Lord? You learn the grace of the Lord by simply getting involved, walking, spending time with Him. And as you begin to walk with Him, you begin to find out more about Him. And you begin to realize there's strength in Him that I can't even begin to compare with. There's answers in him when I don't know what in the world to be able to even what the question is. He's awesome today. Father, in the name of Jesus, let us grow strong in the Lord today. Lord, let us go strong in the very grace of the Lord. Lord, we all go through tough times. We all go through hard times. We all go through times and circumstances in situations, Lord, where we can be tested. But dear Lord, just because we have begun the test, Lord, you want to, us to finish the test. You want us to grow. So, Lord Jesus, today, let us grow. Let us grow. Dear God, the very situations and the circumstances today that we are living in, dear God, I pray, dear Lord, that we can be able to see the standard that standard of being better, that standard of being the best that we can be in the Lord. And dear God, that standard is attainable as we learn to be able to walk in the grace of the Lord. That I can compete. That I can win the prize. That I can be able to endure hard times. And that I can be able, Lord Jesus, to come to a place I grow into what I'm supposed to be. So, Lord Jesus, today, Lord, touch us. Speak to us. Let us be changed. Faithful. Faithful. Faithful to us, God. You're so Come on right now, just lift up your hand. I feel that in my spirit right there. Come on right there in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus, we declare you're faithful. We declare you're faithful. You're faithful. 
your faithful. <laughs> you're faithful, dear God, where I'm at. You're faithful. Lord, you're faithful where I'm at. Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're faithful, Lord. You're faithful where we're at, Lord Jesus. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful.